Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, good evening, and welcome. If you're trying to figure out how to get the recipe for that turkey that you cooked on the holiday, the aftermath casserole you're trying to put together, you are on the wrong podcast. And if you are trying to figure out how to stay warm because it's 50 degrees outside and you still haven't put on the wrap, you are on the wrong podcast. However, if you are trying to figure out how to get clued in and get great information on barrier sports, you just put your game face on. And if you're trying to get insight on sports on a national level, you put your game face on. I'm Richard the Razor Ewing. We do this every week. I got my main man and co-host, Mike the Shoe Schumann. Mike, what do we got? A little bit of everything today. 49ers with an ugly loss. Uh, some Pac-12 interesting news with the title game in football. And uh, and tonight, the Ravens are playing the Browns. I've watched a little of the first half. The Browns are for real. They're 9-3. and three. Ravens come in at 7-5. and five. Right. And this is the first time since 1977 two former Heisman winning quarterbacks faced off, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, right. Okay. You'd think since 1977 we wouldn't have had this happen, hmm. right? 1977 was the last time. It was the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to give you that hint. Do you know the quarterbacks on those two teams in 1977? Heisman Trophy winners. Let's see. 77? Yes. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Half hour. Okay. I want to say Steve DeBerg for the Niners. That's close, but the, now Heisman Trophy winners. Okay, he didn't win the Heisman. And not then not at San Jose State, no. And, and then, of course, uh, uh, no, not him. Roger Stallback. That's it. Is Stallback against Jim Plunkett? Jim, that's right. Ah. 77, he was there. Yeah. Now, only two Heisman winning quarterbacks have won the Super Bowl. This is true. This is you true. You know the two. That's right. You know the two? The only two that have won the, that have won the Super Bowl? Yeah, Heisman quarterback winning, Heisman winning quarterbacks. Only two in the history of the Super Bowl have won it. Okay, well, I got to go with first, my, the one you, you said before with Jim Plunkett, because he did win. All right. Okay, he won with the Raiders. All right. Okay. Two with the Raiders. What? Two with the Raiders, right. Right. Okay. And then I can't think of the second one. Roger Staubach. <laughs> Why did I say that? I just said I Oh, man. Wait. The same no. two quarterbacks who were playing for the first time since 77. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had, when they told, when I heard it on the broadcast tonight, I go, what? Only two Heisman winning. But you think about it, Montana won four. You know, you go down the list, they weren't Heisman Trophy winners. No, they weren't. So just because you're a great college player doesn't mean, you know, it's going to transfer. So I thought it was an interesting little quiz and a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. But, you, but, this, but you stopped me each time. I couldn't get them both every time. I should have. 
But, all right. Before we get going, NFL season, of course, in full swing. We'd all love to be at the games, but we can't. But you can still be in on the action and bet online. All right. Uh, for instance, Cleveland now is going to change their names from the Indians. Mm-hmm. You know, the Washington football team. Now we have the Cleveland baseball team. Right. You can bet on potential names. The Spiders, I don't know why that's the number one name, is plus 250. Cleveland baseball team, the Guardians, the Wild Things, like in the movie, Blue Sox, the Rocks, uh, Rockers, and Bullfrogs. So you can bet on those, all those as to which one you want to do. All right, for game scores, totals to team and player and coaching props, bet online gives you all the options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. All right, so head to betonline.ag t- today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, bet online. AG, sign up today. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. So, uh, I know. It's the, the Cleveland baseball team. That should just be the generic name now for anybody that has, you know, the Blackhawks. The, uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams now that are going to be under the gun for this yeah. because of their names, you know. So Well, this is the thing. Once you start that domino effect going, man, yeah, exactly. stop, you know. Exactly. But I tell you something. Of that list you named, I like the Cleveland Bullfrogs. <laughs> it, 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 you got to think of marketing too. I don't know where spiders came. Where they got a bunch of spiders in Cleveland? I don't, I don't know. know. But to me, bullfrogs yeah. to me is cool. Okay, they're hopping and they're doing their bullfrog thing, and you know. All right, all right. Let's jump on this Niners game. Uh, right. Maybe the best defensive performance of the season by the 49ers in this game. Um, I just lost who they were playing. The Washington football. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> All right. Number one, you and I oh, were talking. Sorry, oh, sorry, but I'm enjoying that. I am. No, I know. Uh, and a little behind the scenes, Richard and I talk, you know, a couple of days before we do the show, we talk about where. So he called me today from work, and we practically did our show on the phone <laughs> at about 2.20. I said, shit, we should have just rolled on that. We could have just done uh, So, but anyway, um, I think the best defensive performance they've had all season. And the 49ers offense had three turnovers that equaled 17 points. And that's all the Washington football team because their offense was horrible. And I felt a little bit for Alex Smith. I wanted him to come back and have a great game against the 49ers. And he just, he, he regressed to like what he was when he was in the Niners. He, he had a calf uh, situation with the leg he had all the problems with. So he couldn't really push off and plant so his balls were going low and dying on him so they replaced him uh, with Haskins uh, in the second half and uh, but they didn't need their offense because the 49ers offense just had nothing I mean Mullins got hit 12 times he was sacked three times he had three turnovers and uh, Brandon Ayuk had 10 catches only Jerry Rice did that his rookie year so this kid's going to be a player Debo left in the first series pulled his hamstring again I'm afraid Debo Samuels is George Kittle at wide receiver. And we'll talk about that because you hate the fact they're using him so much at running back. But uh, I think we're at a point now at five and eight. You don't tank in football. You can't really do it like the NBA. I know Nelly used to tank to get a higher draft choice, but you can't go out and relax on a football field because you'll get hurt. Right. But what you could do is start looking at players. They have so many free agents after this year. Start looking at players, play C.J. Beathard. Let him split a series with uh, Mullins. 
you know, and this is a way to look at your players with all the free agents coming up, who's going to stay, who's going to go. And it's almost like a natural tank because you're, if you're going to play all these backup players, you're probably not going to win the game. And right now they're at the 13th pick. If they were to lose the last three, they'd probably jump to seven or 10 between seven and 10 in the draft. And they can move up maybe to get a quarterback or whatever they decide to do. But you got to figure out because Mullins and CJ Beathard aren't the answer. All right. So between the two of them, maybe play them and see who's going to be your backup and get rid of one of them for the roster spot. Trent Taylor's been an, uh, a healthy scratch the last two games. I think his time with the 49ers is over. So it's time to start looking ahead. I mean, what's your thoughts on the game and what they should do going forward? Well, I think it, it's kind of back to what, you know, we had discussed a couple of weeks ago. And it's it's kind of where you look at this, this last game and you can even look at the previous game and what do you see? You see Kyle Shanahan trying to push his will, you know, during the game. And I think the problem with that is he's not as a coach learning that, hey, guess what? There's an age-old proverb, okay? And that proverb works like this. You, you know, basically prepare, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, okay? And I don't feel like he's doing that. I feel like he's going through the game with his mindset. This is my game plan. This is what I'm going to do. And he needs to realize what he's doing isn't new. Everybody knows Kyle Shanahan. Everybody knows, hey, Kyle, you're going to run the football. That's what you do. Everybody knows that. We saw it last year. We've seen it this year. And, hey, the last two teams you faced, hey, they came in going, hey, they like to run the football. Let's shut down the run. If we shut down the run, then what do they got? Well, then they got Mullins throwing the football. And we know Mullins, if he gets rattled, not going to be as precision as you'd like him to be. I will say this much. They had a play late in, I want to say, the beginning of the fourth floor when they were down and they were, they were marching downfield. There was a play that Mullen, in my opinion, probably looked the best he looked all year. They were forcing him. And basically, they had already sacked him a couple of times. He lost the ball and they put points on him. But he comes out and he's, he's in the pocket. He's ready to throw. And all of a sudden, the pressure's coming. And for the first time, Mullen breaks free, rolls out. I was like, wow, okay. Rolls out, finds a receiver downfield, throws it for a strike. I was like, man, he just got the first. I think, I, that was beautiful. That was that, That's the type of football we'd like to see. But once again, what was it? It was about them being able to make adjustments. And that's something that Kyle Shanahan should have took on the set back to say, okay, look, we came in with our game plan. They knew our game plan. That's why we, we, weren't, we weren't able to execute like we wanted to. So we have to make adjustments. And he wasn't doing that. I mean, come on. Your net yards of rushing, you're a rushing football team. You rush for a total of 108 yards. The opposing team rushed for 98 yards. They rushed for nine yards less than you did, and you're the rushing football team. What does that mean? It means, hey, they figured your game out, man. They know what you were going to do, okay? And you did not make adjustments when you needed to. The adjustment should have came at halftime, not late in the fourth quarter when you're trying to come back, okay? And that's that's the problem I have with Shanahan right now. He, you know, we talked about it before the show. He just he doesn't like to admit he's wrong, all right? And nobody does, but he's in a position to where it affects so many different people that he needs to kind of take that on. For instance, he said that he's going to bring in C.J. Beathard, but 
that drive you're talking about, Mullins ended up taking him in to score. Mm -hmm. And then Kyle decided not to bring in CJ. His rationale at the press conference this morning was, well, it took CJ too long to warm up or he wasn't warmed up properly. What? You know, if you're uh, waiting to get in the game as a reserve, you're ready to play no matter what and when. So that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy with Kyle. He just won't admit that he's wrong. You know, and he, he had a wrong game plan for this team, you know, and uh, didn't make the adjustments. Like you said, we've said this all year. He nor Robert Sala do well at making adjustments. And in Kyle's case, I think it's because he thinks everything he's do, he does is going to be better than the other guy. And that's why he doesn't, he doesn't let his quarterbacks audible. I've talked about this because he thinks the play he calls against that particular defense is going to work. And he just has a hard time admitting that he's wrong. And like you said, the league's caught up to him. Yeah, they're going to run the ball and you can make all these motions and shifts and motion. You know, it doesn't matter. People know now what's coming and uh, you got to shut them down. So that's part of the problem there. Number one, number two, you know, I, I just think it's time. He knows now he's done a great job with all the injuries. I think 22 guys are on injured reserve this year. And, but now it's time to see what he's got for next year. The revenge tour is over. <laughs> Five and eight. All right. And tell you the truth, they went out and go eight and eight. Yeah, they might still be a wild card, but they need so much help. So with that said, it's time to start looking at your team for next year. All right. Because the cap's going to be a lot lower. They're going to have a lot of people to re-sign big contracts like Fred Warner and uh, Trent Williams, both who left the game last night. I was a little worried, but so he's got to find out who's going to stay and who's going to go. And this is a perfect opportunity to do that. But Kyle is not going to do it. I'll guarantee it because, uh, you know, he just thinks he, he obviously you're going to go out and try to win, but at the same time, he knows now it's over, but in his mind, I don't think he can admit that. You know, so here he is, a Super Bowl participant last year and this year. He's not even sniffing the playoffs. So I don't know. There's uh, some he start and I have a lot of people, former teammates, players, uh, former Niners that are starting to question him a little bit. You know, he's a little arrogant. He's a little cocky. And I don't mind that if you back it up. But there hasn't been a whole lot of backing up this year. And like I said, he's got a lot of things happening with that. And he's got to decide, is Garoppolo his guy? You know, Mullins and C.J. Beth are obviously not, you know. So I don't bring Garoppolo back. They said he could be available, you know, the second to last game. I don't bring him back. Why get him hurt and, you know, have to go in the offseason with another sort of injury? So I say just keep him out, keep Kittle out. You know, Debo now is becoming Kittle and Garoppolo. The three highest paid guys on that team have only played like six games this year. You know, and Debo's barrel-chested guy puts more weight on your joints down below. He's had hamstring issues his entire career. I think he missed eight games one year at Clemson because of hamstring, or I mean, South Carolina because of hamstring issues. So all of a sudden, and I know you and I talked, you hate the fact they're using him like a running back. Yeah. You know, I don't down the field throwing passes, but it's like we talked about earlier in the year. There's a new kind of definition of players. You got a wide receiver, you got a running back and you have a weapon. And Debo's a weapon. You can use him as a running back, as a wide receiver. But it's beating him up, and he can't stay healthy. He's not doing you any good off the field. Somebody, I got in a Twitter debate with somebody that Kelsey is probably a better uh, tight end than Kittle. I said, the only reason he's better, he knows how to protect himself, and he stays on the field. Mm-hmm. Kittle can't stay on the field. Yeah. You know, so this is an issue with the Niners, the injuries. 
And that happens when you go to the Super Bowl. But uh, I don't know. What's your take? Would you start looking at players? Would you continue to try to win games? Well, you have to. You have to look at the long term effect of what you're doing and what's happening right now. The season's gone. Okay. You need to. You need to first admit that. You need to admit to yourself that the season's gone. Okay. Once you do that, then you can start putting in place the necessary pieces for next season. I mean, one of the things I'm I'm also looking at is the fact that. You talk about, you said, you, you, to your point, about people being here, who's going to be, who isn't. I can tell you one guy's not going to be here. That's Robert Sala. He's gone. He's not going to be here, okay? And he's not going to be here because he doesn't need to, okay? I mean, this guy, right now, with every game, he's just padding his resume, okay? I mean, he's got, what was it? He held the Washington football team to 193 total yards yesterday, okay? It's unbelievable. And yeah, he shut yeah. down the Rams three weeks ago. Right. I mean, this guy knows how to run a defense, and so – we already know, you know, offense sells tickets, defense wins games. So, you know, you look at places like where he's probably going to end up, which is in Detroit. Which, I hope he gets that job. Yeah, well, it's his, it's his hometown, too. So, um, you know, that's kind of one of those, those age-old stories, you know, uh, Native son, you know, makes good, you know, so he ends up going back home. He ends up, you know, doing it in his home, his home uh, place where he's comfortable. But you also have to look at the fact that, one of the problems I have with, with, with Shanahan this season, I won't say last season, but definitely this season, he's not utilizing the tools that he has. You have a you you pointed it out, and we had talked about it earlier today. You have a Debo Samuel, you have a Brendan Ayer. Why aren't you throwing the long ball to these guys? What is going on with you? You're running Debo Samuel like a running back. And to your point, it's like, okay, is he a receiver or is he a running back? Which is he? Okay, because Debo don't know. Debo goes into play, comes to, oh, now I'm a receiver, okay? He comes out of last play, coming, oh, now I'm a running back because I'm doing a Jetson. It's like, man, come on. It, it, I think Michael Jordan said it best. He said, do one thing, do it better than anybody else, and you will succeed. Do okay? one thing and do it well. Yeah, so if you, if you have receivers, use them as receivers. You have running backs, use them as running backs. Stop pulling people from different parts of, and utilize them where even they themselves sometimes get confused. You're <laughs> going, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm going out for a pass right now? It's like, guess what? You saw Richie James Jr., okay? When you send him out as a slot receiver, hey, got the speed, runs a route, can catch. Now you have Jeff Wilson, which a lot of people think Jeff Wilson, you said he's a great power back. I don't believe that. You know why? Because in the last two games, when they had a third down and one, and they and then you know Kyle was being Kyle, Kyle being cocky, going, hey, you know what? Uh-uh. I, I told you I'm running this up the gap. That's what we're doing. He pressed the issue. What happened? Mm-mm. Did it this game. Pressed the issue. What happened? Mm-mm. So what does that mean? It means that take your okay pride out of what you're doing. Utilize the tools that you have. Now, you cannot get back what you lost this season, brother. It's gone, okay? It's gone. Say bye to it. It's gone, okay? What you can do, as you stated, Mr. Schumann, evaluate what you have. Evaluate what you have. Collect the data. Utilize the data for next season. Because this season, bye-bye. Well, and players know it too. You know, there's a lot of uh, players who are sitting on the bench who would love to get opportunities to just show them that, hey, I should be around next year. So 
But, but I think if anything, they got to decide on who's going to be their quarterback. They need some interior offensive linemen. Their guard and center play has just been horrible. Mullins got hit 12 times last night. All right, sack three. <sighs> I mean, Garoppolo got hit maybe 12 times all last season when they went to the Super Bowl. Garoppolo couldn't have survived 12 hits like Mullen did. Mullen's a tough guy. I'll give him that. Yeah. C.J. Beathard has a stronger arm, and he's more uh, athletic. I'd give him a look. You know, he was in love with the guy. And just, you know, maybe even try Richard Sherman at safety. See what happens there. You know, I know it's tough to ask him to do that. At, he with ain't going to do it. No, I know that. But this is a chance to, 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 you know, go look at a bunch of your players, your team, and see what you got and go from there. Bill Walsh did it in 1980. 1979, both years. We all knew it. You know, we were two and 14 and then five, uh, six and 10. So you could see the improvement. So you were just trying to hang on because you knew this was going to be a good team. So when you got the opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. And uh, it was just a shame last night. I mean, that defense played so well mm -hmm. and they just would turn right around and get back on the field, you know. So, and you need an edge rusher because D Ford will not be back. Bosa will be healthy. And I'm telling you, with Ken Law next to Boza, that guy's going to be a beast, Ken Law. All right? So, uh, edge rusher, cornerbacks, uh, and quarterback and inside offensive lineman. That's what they're looking for in the draft. So, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Think, I don't got think the Cowboys coming up. And <laughs> that game was taken off Sunday night, I think it was, and moved mm -hmm. to day, day side. When, would a, when have you ever heard of a Cowboy 49er game flexed? you know, from prime time. It's just unbelievable. That's how bad both these teams are. Yeah, but I also think you got to consider the fact that even if they if they try to draft, I'm sure right now, you're not going to find a quarterback, a good quarterback to give them what they want in the draft. They're going to have to find somebody who's already playing, okay, who, who, who basically uh, is aware of Kyle Shanahan's system or, or can help them basically learn the system and, and, and acclimate fast, okay? Uh, but the draft, I don't see. I don't see a good quarterback coming out right now that's going to be able to be acclimated that soon and going to be able to give the windfall, the huge windfall, excuse me, that San Francisco offense needs at quarterback. No, no I agree. And so what you do, you either stay with Jimmy Garoppolo because mm -hmm. next year is the only year they can let him go and not have any money towards the cap. They don't owe him a thing if they let him go in the offseason. So you either stay with Garoppolo or you get a stopgap quarterback, Alex Smith, uh, you know, the kid in Atlanta. Uh, hell, Drew Brees might be available now. So anyway, and then draft a quarterback and let him grow because there's nobody, like you said, they're going to get that they can just throw in there and, and start. So that's the decision that has to be made. Is Garoppolo my guy or we get somebody like Matt Ryan from Atlanta, draft it, maybe the kid from BYU, let him grow and then go from there. So. Okay, but point, I, got uh, I got some ministry for you. What if? I know this sounds crazy, but. Well, the, the look on your face is scaring me. Go ahead. What if they sign Kaepernick? <laughs> Jed York won't allow it. I'm, hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting no, it out. I know. Because guess what? He's available. No, I know. I, and and I, nobody you know, signed him. And Denver you know, should have signed him. Denver brought him in two years ago. And then when they had all four quarterbacks out, they should have brought him in. So yeah. uh, Jed York will never allow it. But so. you got to admit, it is interesting, though. Oh, no. I agree. It is. All right. I got to bring this up. We're moving over to Pac-12 football. Washington cannot face USC Friday night in the Pac-12 championship game Why? because of COVID. 
They don't have enough scholarship players. You have to have 53, I think it is. And their entire offensive line got COVID. Wow. So Washington, after, you know, I don't want to say earning, because they only play, what, five or six games, uh, is out. And Oregon automatically, because they were second in the North, gets to face USC now on Friday for the Pac-12. Oh, 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 oh. This is hilarious, man. I'm sorry. It's, just, it's like, this funny. is what a joke the Pac-12 has become. Oh. I, like the Mid-Atlantic Conference, the MAC Conference, gets more love than the Pac-12. <laughs> it's become a joke because of Larry Scott, the commissioner, Merton Hanks is the former Niner safety is the co-commissioner now or second in command. I'd love to see Mert take over because he has some sort of Larry Scott doesn't have a clue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, they, they basically say, Oh, we're not playing. And then all of a sudden all the other conferences are playing. And they, okay. We're going to play what six games. It's just a joke. So um, anyway, it'll be Friday night for the PAC 12 championship game. And I, I just, I don't know. You and I were talking about it. The Pac-12 is just USC has fallen hard. UCLA has fallen. Stanford's fallen. You know, all the major teams, Oregon's fallen when Chip Kelly left. All the major teams, Washington, uh, <clears throat> have just gone by the, you know, just m mediocre teams. And as a result, you know, this is what you get. So uh, it's just a joke to me. This and the Big Ten, Michigan and Ohio State couldn't play because of COVID. Uh, Ohio State needs six. Uh, the Big Ten said you need six games to qualify for a bowl or the national championship. And then they changed it on the run because Ohio State was only five and oh. So that now they say, okay, at five and oh, no, you can go ahead and go to a big bowl game. Or a Are you going to change it? No, they're changing it on the run, which kind of everybody did because of COVID. Right. But this is a joke. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten both said they weren't going to play, if you recall. Yeah. And then when the ACC and the SEC ramped up, the Big 12, they said, well, wait a minute. I'm not giving that money up. I'm going to play, too. The hell with our players' health. <laughs> you know? so, it's just a joke. And college football should just be slapped on the wrist and, and uh, but, big time. Every team should be fine. Okay, so, but we got to tip our hat because the local team here, San Jose State is going to be playing for the Mountain West title. First time they're doing this in what? 20 years at least? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and they're playing people. Boise State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're playing against Boise State. Okay. And then Brent Brennan, the head coach down there, his name has now come up for the Arizona job. So Arizona, let's see, Auburn. Both lost their head coaches in Illinois. Lovey Smith got fired in Illinois. So three head coaches have already been fired at the college football level. And Brent's name with his 6-0 season this year is coming up. So uh, I'd love to see them win it all and get in a pretty good bowl game. And uh, unfortunately, you might lose Brent. But he's done a great job out there for struggling for a couple of years. Uh, so, uh, but, and then we talked about it briefly last week. The NBA, you know, they played in the bubble. When you're playing three games in seven cities, you know, three games in three cities in seven nights, traveling, different hotels. I don't see how the NBA can pull this off, you know, a regular season. COVID is just going to go rampant throughout the league. And then you get four or five guys on an NBA team, all of a sudden you only got seven or eight to play. It's going to be an issue. Well, I'll tell you something else. With all that traveling, you're obviously someone who catch COVID. They're not going to – because you already got, you know, guys that whatever reason – That's what I mean. Trouble, 
There no. were hotels. You're going out to eat. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's no yeah. bottles. No. Yeah. It's going to be impossible. So, uh, yeah. although just looking at some of the Warriors uh, practicing, you know, Wiseman and Draymond practice today for the first time because they both had COVID. Right. So, uh, you know, it could be an interesting team to watch. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Okay. I got them, yeah. I got them in the playoffs this year at, at 16. Yeah, I say they'll be because uh, I think they're taking eight this year. So I think that they'll be lucky to get eight. But I've—I don't want to say I've changed my mind, but just watching them, that's going to be interesting if they can get all these pieces together. Yeah, well, it's interesting. So, they were—they were showing a Wiseman during practice, and yeah, they said he was—he was knocking down threes, pretty impressive. He was—he's an impressive player. Yeah. And then before we go, Tar Vanderveer tied Pat Summit. Ah. Uh, with a win the other night, uh, I think 1,098 wins. And tomorrow, and it might be against Cal, she can set the all-time record. Now, Stanford, or I'm not sure who, will not let any media cover this game. Wow. This woman is about to make history. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest, and I'm a huge fan of hers. I've yeah, known her forever. You know, she and she's so understated. She she doesn't care. She's getting the attention. They had some uh, video where her players gave her a plaque and some flowers, and she was like, "Oh, okay. Well, we got a meeting." So, and then the players stopped and said, "No, we want to thank you for what you've done for us." Da 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 da. So she could care less, Tara. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's such a, a major event uh, that it's just ridiculous that Stanford won't let the media in there to cover it. So. It's unbelievable. So good luck to Tar. She's going to get the record eventually. And uh, yeah. one of my favorite all-time coaches to cover and be associated with. And I'll tell you something else. I have not seen anybody so relentless to not only, you know, put up the numbers that she's put up while she was at Stanford at the Cardinal. The other thing you have to be impressed with is all of the players, how she's developed all these different players and where, right. where they have gone to, to do greater things elsewhere. Right. It's amazing. Right. And that's the thing about a coach. A good coach not only develops players when they're on the field or when they're on the court, they help them develop as people. And that's, that is the beauty of what she's done. You look at all of the women, young women, that have come through that program. Unbelievable. And, and what they've become after they left. Right. It's amazing. That, that's what a true good coach does. And, and I'll tell you something. You're right. If I had a hat, I'd definitely tip it off to her because right. I, she's just an astonishing a leader when it comes to, to directing those young women over there has been doing it for decades now. And to have the success she's had yeah, with the stringent academic requirements at Stanford, you have to recruit a certain type of player, mm -hmm. you know, obviously has a 3.8 or above yeah, GPA. Um, so it's a, it's a lot tougher gig to coach at Stanford, even though you're recruiting nationwide mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, David Shaw has the same issue with football and, and basketball. So, but that said, even more impressive what she's done. Yeah, and her father even stated because I heard this on the radio today. Her father was very, kind of very, you know, nervous because she was going to leave Ohio and come to Stanford. And he thought about the stringent recruiting process that Stanford requires for their athletes to play. He thought that that was going to diminish, you know, her ability to become what she's become, and obviously it hasn't. Well, he said to her when she took the job, just what you're inferring, you don't win the Kentucky Derby with donkeys. <laughs> Tara Vanderveer's father's quote. So, yeah. 
Okay, right. so we're going to have to shut it down. Um, you have been listening to Game Face, part of the Bleed Talent Network. I am Richard the Razor Ewing. I'm here with the great Mike DeShuman, Super Bowl champion Mike DeShuman on Game Face. Tune in next week. We'll have another great show for you. You can come in and sit and listen anytime, but you better have your Game Face on. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.